Amanda. And I'm Kristen. And we are the Extra Sisters. So sit back, relax, and let's get creepy. Welcome to another segment of our foreign horror series, Horror Around the Globe. And in this one, we are going to Venezuela for a film called The House at the End of Time. And I was doing a little bit of research on this, and this film is pretty, like, it doesn't even have a critic consensus on Rotten Tomatoes because of how under-reviewed it is. And so I, I'm happy to talk about it because I actually thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I thought it was really well done. It actually reminded me a lot of a Del Toro film. Yeah, that's interesting that there aren't a lot of people critiquing it because I did read in my trivia that New Line Cinema is going to pick this up to redo it as an American film. So obviously yeah. somebody heard about it. I know, but somebody is hearing about it. That's awesome. And I'm sure once it comes out as an American remake or like it gets around that it is being remade as an American film, the interest is going to spike and this movie is going to take off. Yeah, definitely. And I am definitely interested to see if they completely go through with the American version, the difference between the two. But I think this one would be difficult to beat because... I I think that it was it's not a perfect film. I mean mm-hmm. that's that's very rare, you know, that right. that happens. It's a little rough around the edges. You know, and but for the most part it was as I was watching it, there's a lot of times when I get into like reviewer brain when I'm watching movies mm-hmm. and I'm like looking for things and like it's very easy for me to find things on a surface level because the film just and I don't mean this in a rough way. And this doesn't happen all the time. And even when I say this, I don't mean completely destroys itself. But sometimes things just fall apart naturally. Yeah. And I feel like this one did not. Because The House at the End of Time. So it's a movie about time. So when those are not my favorite kind of movies, let me tell you. Yeah. And those are the ones that are easiest to fall apart accidentally. Exactly. And it's also hard to follow. They always kind of make me feel stupid. Because I'm like, wait, in my head, I'm like trying to put together like what time frame are we in or mm-hmm. wh- who is that? And what time frame? And if they do that, how does this happen? This one was actually very easy for me to follow. So I didn't feel like a stupid viewer because the movie didn't do it well. Yes, which is interesting because that is when I was looking for trivia, there was a bunch of stuff going let us explain the twist at the end of house at the end of time. And I'm like, but I understood all of it. So what are you trying to explain? It wasn't that bad. I don't think that it's one of those films. Now, granted, I could see maybe how, you know, if you weren't paying attention the whole time, like Mm -hmm. this is definitely, first of all, if you don't speak their language, which is Spanish, you're not going to be able to watch it without the subtitles. So you have to pay attention to the whole thing. And the subtitles weren't done perfectly so there are some times where you're like okay what I gotta re-put that sentence together again yeah and also this film is free on Tubi 
for those of you that want to watch it. And I highly recommend it. Agreed. And I, I had the only problem with subtitles I really seemed to have was it kept, I kept trying to cast it to my Chromecast and it would like turn the subtitles off and on and off and on. And by the end of the movie, I was just watching it on my phone because I was so tired of the <laughs> subtitles just turning themselves off. But for the most part, it's, you get everything that they're saying and every emotion mm-hmm. that they're portraying. Luckily, Spanish is one of those languages that's not too difficult to translate, but there are things in every language that don't translate to English. They just don't. Right, exactly. Where we're not used to the sentence structure, and you can definitely tell that that word was at the beginning of what they just said, but then it's placed at the end. Like, there was a bunch of that. Right. But this film is, I I mean, I thought that it was, it's not a fun time. Let me, no. let me just, it's definitely, when I say it reminded me of a Del Toro film, I mean it in the sense where he likes to follow, like, and I don't mean like every child drama that involves a family and a bunch of death is like Del Toro, you know what I mean? <laughs> but it also yeah. was like the atmosphere of the film, too. Yeah, it made me think a lot of The Orphanage. Yes, Exactly. I, that's how I felt too. Because it's mostly about this mother character. You have a mother and her two young sons. And then you also have their father, who is not a main player until like the mid to the end. And then he becomes a main mm-hmm. player. And he's, I wouldn't say an absent father, but he's definitely like struggling to make the ends meet he's not providing for his family and I think that brings him a lot of shame and so he doesn't like to come home because his wife definitely gives it to him yeah she's like you're not I need to feed my children what the fuck are you doing right exactly and we don't know what he's doing maybe he is just going to the bar and that's what we're not seeing but they do have a a huge rift in their relationship you can tell there's not really any love there anymore Mm -hmm. and so there's a problem between the mother and the father in their marriage but with the children they are like best friends Mm -hmm. they have a really sweet relationship and the mother is like she fiercely loves her children this is not one of those stories where she's like half active and then something happens and she's caught off guard or she's she's very involved with her kids they're her whole entire life and these strange they've been in this house for five years and all these strange things just start happening and it sets it up like like it's almost something supernatural or there's some sort of ghostly presence Mm -hmm. or there have been many ghostly presence throughout time just wiping families out basically right the beginning actually made me think a lot of like the conjuring films with the setup of the dark spooky house and she's wandering through trying to find what we assume in the beginning is like a spirit or something right yeah and there's a lot of things where obviously at the beginning you don't really know what's going on but you actually see figures and what look like spirits like closing doors and being behind people and it is pretty creepy yeah and they talk about this woman that is spooking the kids and stuff like that and you're like oh my god so it's a creepy female spirit it's not which is cool but you don't know that yet right so the whole time it what's interesting is it's like they put two movies into one and made it work Mm -hmm. which was really cool they made it like a whole supernatural ghost thriller and haunted house movie but it was never that at all. 
Yeah, exactly. So we go through the, this family and these weird things are starting to happen. Like the mom one night is in her room alone and somebody it's locked and this the the locks on this house are super fucking weird okay dude they are so just to let you guys know we're in like the 60s and this house is way older than that but every single door locks and a lot of them have their own keys and from the inside and the outside yeah it's like you could get locked in or out so good luck (laughs) right so she is in her room and she has one of the chain locks you know that you get on like hotel doors in her bedroom so she locks that and there's someone outside her bedroom door after she gets into a fight and sends her husband away she thinks it's her husband but she looks outside and he's on the street so it's not him Mm -hmm. and this thing actually reaches its arm in and tries to grab her and so this thing is very much whatever is in this house is very much a physical presence on this family and Mm -hmm. it seems to really be coming for them And so she's terrified and her kids are screaming, running around. And her youngest one, his name is Rodrigo. And he is like terrified in this same similar scene, has a sheet thrown over him and sees someone walk into his room that looks like his brother, but it's different than his brother. Yeah. It's like his brother has very curly hair and this, brother that's walking in it's all slicked back and down and it's like okay that's weird yeah and then she runs in because rodrigo screamed and by the time she gets in there he's like oh no it was just leo he scared me and leo's like the fuck i did i wasn't even in here right (laughs) so it's like what is going on is it making manifestations of this family is it copying their energy is it going to consume their souls like they're especially as a horror movie fan what i really liked about this too is there's so many things like a lot of times when we watch films especially now watching i mean how many hundreds of films just in the past few years Mm -hmm. there's a lot of times where it's like oh i figured out the plot Right, exactly. I know what the thing is, or I know how this is going to end, or I know who the murderer is. And this one is a little different than that. I did figure out, I did say at the beginning something that I'll hopefully remember to mention at the end, and it came to be true, but not at all for any of the reasons I thought. And by the end, I had forgot I even thought it (laughs) because it takes you through such a journey. Yeah. And we forgot to mention that part of the reason why this is time travel is because right in the beginning when she is wandering through this dark house she's trying to find her son and she has woken up in a pile of glass and blood so we know something bad's going on she finds her husband dead and she finds her son but her son gets yanked away by some sort of spirit and then she ends up going to prison for the murder and we assume murder of her son because we don't know where he is and murder of her husband And then it's 30 years later, because I guess in Venezuela, once you're old enough, she's an old lady now, you can be let out and she gets, yeah, she gets sent back to that house under house arrest for basically the rest of her life. And now we're bringing a priest in and talking to him about what the hell happened that night. And that's how we're going back and forth. Right. And it's awful that she spent 30 years behind bars for because her fingerprints were on the knife that killed her husband. Yeah, but she never touched it that she thinks. Right. She 
knows she didn't kill him because she was knocked out and mm-hmm. we don't know how at this point. We don't know what happened. Like who knocked her out? Who killed her husband? Who took Leo? We don't know the answers to these questions yet. Right. And what happened to her other son? Because all we know about is her husband and Leo. And she isn't yelling for the other boy. So what the hell happened to Rodrigo? Yeah, it's not like she's just going to forget about him. Yeah. So that's the mystery that we're put up with here. Now she's back in this house. She did not want to come back to this house. Hell no. She would have rather stayed in prison. Right. You can tell, like, somebody made, I'm assuming, like, her lawyer or, like, an old friend or something, but she was like, I tidied up for you. And she just kind of looks at her. Mm-hmm. She's like, I don't. I don't fucking want to go in there <laughs> because she's convinced the house did this to her family. Yeah. And I, that, that'd be a fair assumption. Yeah. And she's basically right. Like the director even said that he wanted the house to be like its own character. Yeah. Well, he, I think that he succeeded pretty well mm-hmm. because none of this would have happened as it did. I think everybody would have just been dead mm-hmm. had it not been, for the house. Right. It's like a, one of those blessing and curse kind of things, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's terrifying. But it was put up because I, I can't remember what exactly they said, but some Mason, English Mason, hundreds of years ago came to this specific spot for a f- specific reason. Because, like, the origin yeah. of, like, everything was supposed to be here. Yeah. Well, <laughs> When you go building on something like that, you know, it, typically in movies, you're probably over a portal of hell. Yeah. They talk or about something. Exactly. They talk about how that Mason and other families that have lived here eventually go missing. And that was basically going to happen to her family as well, except she survived, quote unquote, the house. Right. Nobody else did. Everybody else. Leah went missing and. Juan is dead and we have no idea where Rodrigo is and apparently nobody cares (laughs) (laughs) is what we think like what happened to Leo right or excuse me to Rodrigo so and and then it does show a lot of their just living their lives so it shows their kids with their friends and how Rodrigo has a crush on this girl and gives her what they call a moonstone but it's it looks like a big pearl yeah which I thought was the sweetest thing Bro, I can't tell you, like, I'm <laughs> such a fucking little bitch. I'm just a softie. Like, these kids, like, just doing kid things. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my God, my heart. And they're just doing. They're just, like, running around together, being sweet. And I like, they- knew you were going to love the kid part, especially them <laughs> playing baseball. I was like, oh. Yeah. Until. Until. It- <laughs> yeah. So, they, she- Rodrigo gives this girl, because his mom their mom gave Leo a moonstone because he was scared to sleep in the house alone, but she basically was saying like, you're a big boy, like suck it up, you know, as we tell boys to do. Yeah. But here's this stone and I'll always be there for you. Just think of me when you hold it. And then we see Rodrigo with it and you're like, did he steal it from Leo? Did she give them two? Like, does she have two pearls? What is going on? No. Yeah. No. But we do get to figure it out later. And yeah. what I like about this is I, I couldn't think of any questions that they presented that they neglected to answer. Yeah, agreed. I really liked that, too. We watched a movie recently called Terrified. And 
I liked it, but they left these random questions I felt yeah unanswered. This didn't do that, in my opinion. I, I mean, maybe somebody that's more detail-oriented and smarter than me could have been like, no, they didn't do that. But, like, I didn't catch it. So, you know, I think most people would not catch anything. And maybe they truly didn't miss any loose ends. Mm-hmm. I think really solid writers and really people that won't miss stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there was one twist at the end, which I'll talk about when we get there, but I didn't catch it because it was so quick. And that's when I read the, you missed this twist ending or whatever, I actually did learn something. So the, the fact that I missed something so quick and they still tied it up, I, I would assume that they did a really good job about finishing their movie. Oh, I'm interested to know what that twist was. <laughs> hmm. So when we're kind of getting a glimpse into their lives, it's it's one really sweet, but two, we again, we still have issues with the mother and father, and we really know that because that night that there was something going on, Rodrigo was screaming and said Leo scared him because Leo came into his room, except it wasn't actually Leo, and the mom saw like an arm coming for her. The next day, they actually called the cops and everything, said there was an intruder, but the next day, or that Leo gave her a piece of paper and it basically said Juan is going to kill your son. Yeah. And he said that the lady he saw last night told him he has to stay away from Rodrigo for three days. Yeah. But he doesn't mention three days there. No, he just, he's a little boy. So he hears just stay away. And mom's like, what the fuck? Which, as a mom, you're going to be like, no, you fucking play with your little brother. That's your little brother. You know what I mean? Right. But at the same time, you get this thing, this weird piece of paper, you know, Juan's going to kill your kids. And it's like, what the shit? What do you do? Do you separate your sons who have done everything together since they were born? Or do you let them continue to play together? I think I, as a mother, would have to be like, I would assume this thing was being malevolent and trying to separate my family, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Which is not the case, which is tragic, because I would be like, no, you fucking play with your brother. Like, mm-hmm. and then I'd be like, what the fuck do you want with my family? You know, which, which is exactly why this is so bittersweet as a time movie, because it doesn't matter even if that piece of paper were to work out, this character is going to do the same thing over and over and over again, because that's unfortunately how time works. You can't really fix things like that. She tries. She does. But it's like, until unless you present yourself to you, which is right. probably not something you should do. You know what I mean? Right. Like, then it, it's not, it's just not going to work. Like things are going to happen as they're going to happen. And we find out the reason that she told him to not play with his brother, this, this thing, this lady that he's seeing, they go out to play baseball and he's like, I don't understand why I'm not supposed to see my brother. And then he's like, oh, fuck it. I'm going to play with my little brother. So they go to play baseball and his little brother throws a pitch at him and he hits it. But when he hits it, full speed right at his brother's face. And it actually kills him. Yeah. Well, that added to the fact that his brother falls back and hits his head on a rock. Yeah. And that is not only tragic, a horrible, tragic accident, but you have to live with the fact that 
you didn't, but like as a child, but like especially, you killed your brother. You think you killed your brother? Yeah, yeah, forever. Yeah, and it, it like, and then it just shows the parents and him at the funeral, you know, and he tells his best friend like, "You're the only brother I have now," and they do this secret handshake and. The friend says, you know, I'll never leave you alone. And that's a promise or something really sweet like that. So he does have really good friends, which is also important later. And Rodrigo's little girlfriend is at his grave with her little pearl that she, oh my God, I was so sad. Mm-hmm. That a, did a great job at invoking the emotional response that they wanted to get. Cause yeah, but they, sh- they make sure to show you that Leo still has his pearl. Now this girl has hers. So then you're that's when you go, well, did the mom give each one of them them? Because obviously Rodrigo didn't steal it. So where are we in this life of this pearl? Right. Which is, it is confusing, but like they, again, they answer it. They tie yeah. up all these ends, which is great because they could have left one thing undone and just probably, I w- probably would have just accepted it. Mm-hmm. but no I can't I literally can't think of anything maybe as we keep talking I've been like oh yeah but because that's what happened when we I was talking about terrified mm-hmm. but no I yeah so they go back home and now we have only one child alive Rodrigo has passed which is why later they were not looking for Rodrigo because we find out that he died. Right. So he's not actually there anymore. And this is when things really amp up. So while Jose, who is the father, is grieving, he puts his pipe in his mouth and he starts to cry. And his pipe falls to the floor in his bedroom. And he finds this box that has a key in it to this locked drawer. And we saw this drawer once before. And it was a drawer that the mother obviously wanted to keep to herself, keep secret from everyone in the house. Well, he finds it and he opens it. And you obviously know that that's not going to be a good thing. Right. And he finds a letter from a man that says, I cannot be a father to Leopoldo, which is his name, his full name, but give him my name in Juan Jose's surname and Juan Jose can be his father so he just found out that Leo is not actually his son and he just lost his only biological son part of why he can't be a father because this is important later is not because he's being a deadbeat dad or anything he's actually dying of something which you can assume because they keep talking about this disease of the 80s to be AIDS yeah but it's not yeah So instead of being like, well, he's been my dad, you know, or he's been my son for like all the years of his life. No. Yeah, exactly. I think that's the saddest part. You just lost your only quote unquote biological son. And instead of going, well, like, I mean, he is what, 11, 12, like you've had him that whole time instead of going, well, he's still my son. No, not at all. Right. So he loses his mind, which you've seen his rage come out once before because she mentioned she wanted to divorce him and he got violent with her. Yeah. But you see that he's not just like a super chill guy. Right. But he has had a soft spot for his children up to this point because the reason he got violent with her was because, and this is not justifiable, but he did say, you are not taking my sons from me because she was going to take the kids and go. 
So right. now we have that happening in the past and in the present, this poor older, her name is Dulce, is experiencing all this weird stuff. There's this man, this old man with a knife that she keeps seeing, which is terrifying, walking around her house. And he has written a bunch of ones on a mirror. And it looks like blood, but I'm pretty sure it's lipstick. Because <laughs> it's a vanity. <laughs> but who knows, honestly. But given the context, I'm pretty sure it's lipstick. And it's just a bunch of sequences of two ones spaced out from each other. And the priest comes over and he's looking at that and trying to figure it out. And he figures out that it's supposed to be November 11th, 1111. So like all the 11s on November 11th, 11th second, 11th minute, 11th hour on November 11th, 2011. So he knows that something's going to happen and he goes and tells her. Something is going to happen at 11.11 on the 11th second tonight. You need to be prepared. Gives her his rosary. And unfortunately, she's on house arrest. It's not like she can call anybody. Right. We've also thrown in back in the past. She goes to a fortune teller. And that fortune teller goes to her house and basically acts out and kind of foresees Juan killing Leo with Leo being horrified and Juan saying, you're not my son, you know? Yeah. She knows like she got this letter saying Juan is going to kill your child. And now she's got this fortune teller, but she, she basically just tells them to get out. So that's just kind of a little, that could have honestly been left out, I guess, if I had to say anything, but basically what they're doing is amping this up and also making it feel like more of a supernatural thriller than it actually is yes and that happens before Juan finds the letter so it's like that's your as soon as he finds the letter you go oh that's why he said you're not my son okay we get it now well go get the letter (laughs) I would not keep that letter I don't know she seems to really love the guy and it's the only thing she has left minus her son of him I know but like Good lord, that is some liability. <laughs> like, <laughs> man, I'd be, I'd be like, Kristen, I need you to keep this for me. Right, exactly. As say, you don't have a sister, a best friend, anybody. Like a hole in the ground outside or something, because keeping yeah. it right next to your bed. Like, if I had a locked drawer in my house, you don't think my husband would be like, "What the fuck is that <laughs> right. drawer?" Ever? Like, he respects my privacy, but at the same time, like, I'm never telling you what's in that locked drawer. That's sketchy in a marriage, you know. Yeah, he doesn't seem to be really, like... Into it? Caring or questioning, though, so maybe she just he just doesn't care. That's true. That is very true. But he he cares when he finds it. That's what she Yeah. <laughs> and so now, basically, we're kind of at this climax, and this is what it... It gets really hard to explain, kind of. They do it really well, but it's like there are so many moving pieces. Literally, like you look down a hallway and something is happening there and something's happening here. And then all of these pieces from previous scenes are happening now. And so it's kind of hard to adequately explain, especially if you don't have imagery in front of you. Mm-hmm. Because I know sometimes just listening to a podcast talk about a plot, even a simple one, it's kind of hard to like wrap your brain around. Right. This one, basically, what I will say, and then obviously, Kristen, add in whatever you think would be helpful. So we have the 
older mother standing there waiting for this to happen. And then as soon as it does, she is transported 30 years into the past and right before Rodrigo's death. And she starts banging on the doors and scaring her family. And she realizes that she was actually the one that was scaring all of them. Yes, which I think is why she tries to get in the room. She is that arm that was trying to undo the lock in the mother's room. And I think that's why she was trying to do it was to talk to the mom to be like, don't let Leo and Rodrigo play together. It doesn't work out because she like takes some scissors at her, tries to kill this hand that's trying to break in, which is fair. Yeah, totally fair. But then she moves on to Leo's room. Like, okay, well, I'll at least tell him to stay away from his brother. Right. And she does see Leo and give him that note and it, it doesn't work, unfortunately, but they do have a really sweet moment together because Leo realizes that his that is his mother, even though she's, you know, in her, what, six, 60s at this point. And he, like, touches her face and hugs her. And sh- she hasn't seen her son and has assumed he's been dead for 30 years. Yeah, it is really, really sweet. And, like, at this point is when I started tearing up and, like, it, it, it didn't really stop for, like, the whole rest of the movie. <laughs> right. And he doesn't want his mom to go. He feels very comforted with this older presence with him of his mother because his current situation is incredibly hectic, obviously. It's, I mean, now there's two versions of Leo as well, even as a child, the pre-Rodrigo death and post-Rodrigo death. So, I mean, it's just awful. But this one, this is the one saying, like, don't play with your brother. He's not dead yet. Don't do it. And also give this note to your mom. So we get to see that scene. And Leo's also, we're all in like a time suck right now. Like in this weird, like, it's like a weird purgatory of time because a version of Leo runs into Rodrigo's room and sees him alive. Right. And you're sitting there like figuring these things out. Like on the night the mother is trying to figure out if it was Rodrigo or Leo that screamed and trying to like find her sons. And it's very hectic. And we were talking to you about the keys. There's different keys for different locks in this house and weird hallways that are locked. And it's very, that the house alone was very hectic, just trying to figure out where you were at a time. And she like runs downstairs and there's a key missing. Well, now we figure out Leo had the key. That's why the key was missing. So it's, I loved putting those things together. Yeah, and Leo gets to see his brother for a moment after he thinks that he's been dead and then goes to get his mom and then goes back into Rodrigo's room and he's gone again and he's back to his reality without his brother. Yes, but while he was in there in the past before his brother had died, he had given him that pearl that his mom had given him. So that's why both boys have this pearl. Yep, it's such a weird, like, I think you have to be so intelligent to play with time. Yeah. As a writer, because it's so, I would, that's something I would never, ever touch is time travel as a writer, because that is so delicate. Like, Mm -hmm. time travel is a concept, you know, they're like the butterfly effect. Yeah, that, but also just writing about it is so delicate. Like, Mm -hmm. because there are so many things you can fuck up and loose ends and plot holes. It's so easy. But yes. I didn't see I I'm, even now I'm reading through this. I don't 
see anything that I really missed or yeah I was super scared that they were going to like oh I would love for them to have been able to bring Rodrigo back like like as a person as a human being but at the same time I know like that's not how time works you can't like you're you're gonna do the same thing over and over and over again so for them to bring him back really would have unlegitimized it for me instead he stays dead and it's very sad but I did appreciate that they like the brother got to really say goodbye but they didn't bring him back yeah absolutely I think that it would have taken a little bit for like the family's never going to be a happy family again ever that that can't happen but I think that it was it was a lot of tragedy, but I think that things happened as they should have happened and not fucking with that actually mm-hmm. gave the movie more validity. Uh, absolutely. So when we are back here, we are, this poor woman is also walking around and seeing her family, but now we have to go through the actual murder, right? which is traumatizing, but she doesn't know what happened. She, Cause remember, even as the old woman she doesn't know what happened to Yeah, she's still Juan. that 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 mother way back then. She's exactly. still trying to figure it out. Right. She doesn't know who killed Juan. She doesn't know what happened to Leo. All she knows right now is okay, I'm the thing that was scaring them because of time travel. Mm-hmm. But now what? And then she sees this old man with the knife. And instead of like she's still scared of him, because like obviously he's kind of scary, to be honest. Mm-hmm. This time she's like, who are you? And follows him. And she takes him down. Or she takes her down. He <laughs> takes her down to this like weird cellar catacomby type thing they have underneath the house. Which is where Leo was lost. Mm-hmm. And this man looks at her and says, look at my face and listen to my voice which is what she said to leo when he was a child and she was trying to say like hey i'm your mom i'm just like old (laughs) right and it's leo from the year 2071 and he tells her that the house has the ability to transport people through time and that she must kill juan jose and then take him To the present, because 1981 medicine can't deal with the disease that he has, which is actually like a heart disease. Yeah. That he inherited, which it says at the end. And she doesn't want to do this. She doesn't want to. She's like, I don't want to kill anyone. And she still he kind of also talks in a little bit of a riddle, not like completely, but like doesn't just tell her like, hey, like grab my body when I'm reaching for you. Remember like Mm -hmm. when I did that, you know, because at the beginning, like Kristen was saying earlier, he just disappears. You don't know what happened to him. You just see him get sucked back Mm -hmm. into the darkness and he's gone. So she basically accepts now that she has to kill Juan and she, he's like, you need to go now or he's going to kill me. And she walks in and it's so sad because as a child, Leo is like, pleading with his father he doesn't know that he's not his father's son yeah that was so fucking sad and we had already had a scene before this of them in the hallway where Juan was getting ready to fucking kill him and 
Dulce came in and Mm -hmm. she kind of like hugged him and stopped it for a second. And that's when she ends up on the floor with broken glass. So this boy is already scared running from his father for he does. He has no idea why, but running for his life from his father. And then he gets literally cornered down in these catacomby areas. And this guy is just pressing a knife into his fucking chest, just getting ready to goddamn kill him. So sad. So scary. Yeah. I mean, it was like just obviously a child being murdered is so sad, but the fact that Leo had to look his father in the eye or who he thought was his father and for all intents and purposes was. Yeah. Just because that's not your sperm doesn't mean you're not his father. Especially to him. Yeah. And like, I was just so, I mean, he's, and this actor, this child actor, oh my God, he did such a he good really job. He really did. He killed it. I mean, the crying and the pleading with his father not to kill him was so jarring and emotional. I was like, oh, so good, but so, so sad. But Dulce comes in and she fucking stabs the shit out of him and takes Leo into the little hallway of the, the catacomb cellar thing. And then her present or like her younger self obviously walks in on this. And this is the exact scene you got in the beginning. And now it's coming full circle is walking in on Juan being murdered and she doesn't know what happened. And this is where I was like, so leo kind of comes out of the shadows and she finds leo and is like come to mommy i'll take care of you who did this leo who did this and my first thought was you did like in the (laughs) very beginning before i knew anything about it i didn't know i was right but i was right for all the reasons that i didn't know i was right Mm. you know what i mean that's awesome i was just kind of like oh i bet it was you i bet that's because he (laughs) wasn't coming to her Uh uh-huh right i was like i bet you did it but it wasn't because he was scared of her it was just he had he had his mother behind him as well as the older version of herself and then this mother in front of him. But he was more comforted by the older one because she knew everything that was going on. And it wasn't mm-hmm. anything against the younger version of his mother or the present version of his mother that he was with. But the older one had been taking care of him behind closed doors, basically, had been telling him what to do. And you know what I mean? So. I think right. that he just wanted to go with her because he also wanted to be out of this hellhole. Right. And that's exactly it. Like the younger version of the mother, unfortunately, is dealing with this terrible marriage and the loss of a son. And I'm sure she wasn't the perfect mother at that time for him. Right. And he just wants to go be with the calming mm-hmm. motherly woman that has already been through all of this and is now just happy to see her son again. Mm hmm. So we're back to the present and she brings Leo. So Leo gets sucked back and it's by the older version of his mother. And she realizes at first she's like, you can't come with me. You have to go back. But then she realizes he said that he can't be cured of whatever this is, this heart disease unless he comes with me. So she takes him to the present and literally physically comes out of this with leo at his a the childhood age Mm -hmm. so she comes 30 years into the present and this priest comes over and sees this child now with this old woman and it's her son and he is just beside himself and talks to her a little bit before actually going to see the child to see leo 
and is basically like, you know, just be careful. He's fragile. And let me tell you, (laughs) first of all, we're 30 years past this, but for Leo, this all just happened. Right. Like, yeah, he may be in a completely different time and era now. He's not in the 80s anymore. But this is like it's fresh. All these wounds are fresh. He just lost his brother. His dad just tried to kill him. His mom just killed his dad. Now he's fucking in 2011 and he was just in 1981. Right. So this pastor goes in, this priest goes in and looks at him and when I realized what they were doing I was like oh my god the priest that has been helping his mother was Leo's best childhood friend because they do the secret handshake that you saw them do at Rodrigo's funeral that's the thing that I missed I didn't oh I I didn't miss the handshake but I didn't put it together and that was the twist thing that I missed oh my god sobbed so I, I was like, oh, but because he got some sort of familiarity. Yes, exactly. And you saw him come to life. Like he was like coiled in on himself. And then when he realized that this priest that was coming to get him was his best friend, just all grown up, he just flew into his arms. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm-hmm. I was like <laughs> oh my God. And then it gets even better because the priest takes him out of the house because his mom says, I can't take care of him. He can't stay out here on house arrest for me. I can't mm-hmm. just hide him from the cops. Yeah. You know? She has such a tragic life, but also an amazing mom. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, I mean, you just get your son that you assume was dead back after so many years. You just want to be with him, but she gives him up for adoption basically. Yeah, exactly. Cause the cops will just take him to some, home with the Mm -hmm. state somewhere if she doesn't so the priest takes him out and the cops are like where that fucking kids come from (laughs) and he says he traveled through time 30 years in the present to be with his mom (laughs) and they just laugh at him and he's like he's a kid from the orphanage i run what what are you gonna do and so he takes leo to this woman and immediately this woman gets choked up and stops in her tracks as soon as she sees Leo. No questions. She has. She doesn't like question it for a second. She knows this is Leo. She doesn't know why, but she knows this is Leo. And she gets down on her knees and, and basically accepts him. And so the priest brought Leo to this woman basically to adopt him. Mm-hmm. And... It was Rodrigo's crush because you see her, she has the pearl on a necklace and she gets it out and shows him and they both have one. Yeah. And I was like, (laughs) so it's weird because it's like your friends are now raising you, Mm -hmm. but also how comforting. Exactly. Like your brother's childhood crush and was also his friend too. He played with her and they were friends is now going to take care of you. Yeah, it's a little weird, though, because he also had a crush on her. Well, you know. (laughs) But, yeah, like, still. At this point, he's probably so traumatized, he's like, what's a girl? (laughs) (laughs) Right. And then the priest, who's also going to be in his life, was his best friend, who said, I'll never leave you, like I promised. Mm -hmm. So it all comes full circle, and it was all just a very, like, it's, it's a very tragic movie. 
Mm-hmm. Like this is it. It's not a feel good movie. Like you do get a feel good for Leo because he gets to go somewhere, but he's still not with his mother. He still lost his brother and his dad was a fucking homicidal maniac that tried to kill him but he still has to grieve for the loss of his father as well Mm -hmm, absolutely and his mother lost everything even looking at the two friends now that are going to raise him that priest as a little boy was probably like i told you i'd never leave you but you left me like how sad was that whole 30 years of him growing up that even that girl same thing so it's like nobody had great lives but maybe we'll make something of the future now Right. We can get him the medical care that he needs and also try to give him some childhood back, you know, Mm -hmm. because he had a good childhood up till all that shit broke loose. Right. You know, and I mean, this film in Venezuela won everything. Good. Venezuelan Film Festival of Meridia audience award, best cinematography, best sound, special, special mention of child actors. Venezuelan Eco Film Festival, Best Music, Best Sound. I know that it's like the best known Venezuelan film, which I know is kind of a small niche thing, but that's still cool for a horror movie. Oh my gosh, it was so, so, I thought this film was stunning. Like, I did not see any, like, there, like I said, I, when I was watching it, there was nothing that stuck out to me to critique, really. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I thought it was wonderful. This is probably in the top of my favorite foreign films that I've ever seen. So I, I give this film a five. I loved it. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I was going to say. Same. I don't have anything that I could critique on it to knock it even down to a four, five. Yeah, and the audience has rated it on Rotten Tomatoes. It has a 72%. There are a few critic ratings in here. There's one that was uh, gave it a 2 out of 5, but everyone else gave it a pretty good rating. But it wasn't enough to make an actual percentage. But the audience was like 250 plus reviews at 72%. So Nice. Yeah, I mean, I, I liked it. I think that... You know, some people said it was really dramatic. And I'm like, yeah, because it was a drama. It was oh, a right. drama. Like, it was supposed to be. Exactly. Palm Beach International Horror, not even horror, I'm sorry, Palm Beach International Film Festival in the United States, best horror film. It won. Not Tri awesome. Cities International Film Festival, best horror feature, won. Film Quest Utah, best feature film, won. Like, I mean, if you look at its Wikipedia and you know how it'll show you, like, everything in green means it won <laughs> everything there's one second place and one special recognition that's it everything else it won damn yeah so really wonderful movie it is free on tubi you can literally just put an app on your phone i highly recommend streaming this one especially because they it looks like they are going to make an american remake so you might as well get in on that you can say you did it before it was an American <laughs> right. remake. You, you heard it here first so This film originally came out in 2013, but it didn't really hit the American circuit until about 2016 is when it started getting like recognition in the United States, but it did originally air in 2013. Oh, okay. So obviously it gets five out of five from both of us. We think you should stream it, especially because it's free. The only thing about Tubi is it has like a bajillion ads and like sometimes it'll be like at an emotional scene and you'll be crying and then they'll be like, go to (laughs) Wendy's and it's like, fuck. (laughs) You're like, I'm emotional now. Okay, I'm yeah, going like, Wendy's. Literally, like, Leo, I don't remember what, it was, like, right at the end, Leo was either, like, crying to his mother or had just, 
Like so it was something incredibly emotional and then it cut to an ad and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Mm-hmm. We only have like 15 minutes left and you're going to give me 30 seconds of ads. Can we fucking not to be? <laughs> but I understand because they're giving you a free streaming mm-hmm. platform. They have to pay for it somehow. So right whatever but highly recommend you check it out if you want to follow us on all of our socials everything is the extra sisters podcast so that is facebook and instagram except for twitter which is at the extra sisters you can follow us on patreon for extra content you can request movies get fun little mail things from us that is patreon.com slash the extra sisters podcast until next time stay creepy